Hello and welcome to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. My name is Ian McLaren. I'm the host of this daily Boston Bruins podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Ian C. McLaren, where yesterday I was going on and on about the Bruins' seeming lack of response to Tuka Rask being knocked out of the other night's game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. We'll take some time to discuss that a little bit later. Uh, We'll also tee up tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins and some lineup changes that have been made uh, prior to, and of course, take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Um, You can also follow the show, I should add, on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. The show can be Subscribe to, downloaded uh, via any app where podcasts are available, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Uh, Please leave a rating and review uh, when you're there. That would be greatly appreciated. I mentioned the Bruins are in uh, action tonight as they will be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins. There was some uh, roster activity over the last 24 hours. I'm sure everyone has heard by now that Brett Ritchie was placed on waivers. Uh, he has since cleared and will be assigned to uh, the Providence Bruins. Uh, Tuka Rask has also been placed on injured reserve with a concussion that was suffered after that uh, elbow to the head from Emil Bemstrom of the Columbus Blue Jackets on Tuesday. Dan Vladder has been recalled to serve as the backup for Yaroslav Halak, presumably for the next few games. I would be shocked if he does get a start since the next three games are pretty well spaced out, uh, but you never know. Um, Also, Carson Kuhlman has been recalled um, to fill the void left by uh, Richie's waving, and it looks like he will uh, skate on the... uh, Second line here tonight, although there's some question as to exactly what the lineup will look like because David Krejci, uh, who came out for the beginning of the morning skate, left early and is apparently a game-time decision as a result of a uh, an upper body injury that he suffered in that same Columbus game. So as of right now, uh, the lines look as follows. Marshan Berger on Pasternak, of course. We have DeBrusque, Coyle, and Bjork on the second line. Heinen, Lindholm, Kuhlman on the third line. And then Nordstrom, Corrali, and Wagner. Now, if uh, Krejci is able to go, I would expect that he'll be on the second line between DeBrusque and Bjork. Coyle would be back on the third line between uh, Heinen and Kuhlman. And then one of uh, Lindholm, Nordstrom, Corrali, Wagner would come out to make way for Krejci. Lindholm, I would imagine, would be the odd man out there since the fourth line is pretty well set. Um, So that's kind of the scene ahead of uh, Thursday's game against uh, a very talented and uh, red-hot Pittsburgh Penguins team. Since the beginning of December, the Penguins are 15-3-1. They have a win percentage of 8-16. That is Uh, Tops in the NHL among all teams um, ahead of the Tampa Bay Lightning, who have a couple more points but have played three more games than the Penguins over that span. 
Sidney Crosby, it should be noted, played his first game since November 9th uh, the other night. He recorded a goal and three assists in a 7-3 win over the Wild without Crosby in the lineup. If you can believe it, the Penguins went 18-6-4 in 28 games for a league-high 714 point percentage over that time. So um, the Penguins, obviously, uh, always uh, a team to contend with, uh, despite injuries to uh, most notably Crosby as of late. They're also missing uh, Justin Schultz. Jake Gensel has been uh, injured for a while with a separated shoulder or something like that. Uh, Nick Bukestad has been out of the lineup. Patrick Hornquist. Um, a bunch of guys have missed time, um, but they just continue to roll. They've won four in a row coming into this game against the Bruins, having beaten uh, Vegas, Colorado, Arizona, and then uh, Minnesota the other night. So uh, the Bruins will definitely be in tough. They did bring in uh, some skill and some speed in the form of Carson Kuhlman, and uh, the hope is that he will bring some much-needed energy to this team, a, a bit of a boost as uh, the Bruins, yeah, just looked uh, pretty miserable the other night against Columbus uh, with the lack of response um, after Rask was taken out of the game quite early. Bruce Cassidy uh, this morning was asked whether or not um, the waving of Brett Ritchie had anything to do with his lack of physicality. Uh, in light of that Rask uh, injury, uh, Bruce Cassidy said, you know, not really, uh, not particularly, to be precise. Um, he just hadn't been, you know, doing what they wanted him to do for quite some time. He hadn't been productive. Um, Joe Haggerty not really buying that. If he's protect- if he's not protecting his teammates, he's really of little use, Hags said on Twitter this morning. Um, I would say he was really of little use regardless. Um, so, um, I really think, um, the fact that Kuhlman was recalled instead of Trent Frederick sends a clear signal that, uh, they're going to try to get the better of the opposition, notably the Penguins here in the next two games, uh, by relying on, uh, skill and speed and kind of what's got them here, um, to begin with. Now I read a really good, article this morning by Fludo Shinzawa of The Athletic, whose uh, headline read that Bruins are easy to play against. And he kind of went through the Bruins, um, again, lack of pushback against uh, Emil Benstrom or the other Blue Jackets after Rask was elbowed in the head the other night. Uh, should be noted, Shinzawa believes that um, Benstrom's uh, strike to Rask's head was uh, accidental. Um, so that kind of uh, changes the tone of what their response should have been. Um, you know, I mentioned yesterday that uh, a couple guys had invited Bemstrom to tussle. Uh, he declined. And I really believe that um, what Shinzawa goes on to say here is what the Bruins um, should have done in light of the fact that he did not want to fight. Um, and he writes, the Bruins should have turned toward Elvis Merzlikens, who shut out the Bruins in that game. Uh, 
Quote, the response would have been easy, funnel pucks and people toward the net, slam on the brakes a bit late, make life miserable on the Columbus goalie. The Bruins did nothing of the sort. This has been one of their weaknesses all year. They did not get inside opponents and into the net front danger areas um, with enough frequency or surliness for their boss's liking. Uh, and I totally agree with that. That is something tangible the Bruins could have done, make life difficult for uh, the young goalie and kind of get in their heads and try to generate some chances that way. Um Shinzawa also points to some other reasons why the Bruins have kind of been easier to play against this year. Um, fatigue, minimal roster turnover, light internal competition, a comfortable division lead, and the Bruins' inevitable qualification for the playoffs are all factors, he writes. Um, that's something that I talked about uh, in terms of Jake DeBrusque uh, having been scratched recently, maybe feeling a bit too comfortable on the second line. Uh, now we get Britcher waived. Uh, that maybe sends a message with Carson Kuhlman coming up. Uh, maybe it's going to take a trade or two to shake up this roster um, and to get guys thinking that, you know, nothing is set, nothing is guaranteed, and that they need to really, uh, you know, step on the gas here uh, as the season begins to wind down and we look ahead to the playoffs. Um Again, their playoff position is pretty well set, but we all know that Tampa Bay is closing in and um, the Leafs are even within striking distance. So all that to say, uh, I hope that we see a bit of a more inspired Bruins team here tonight and that they're able to, um, you know, I'm not saying they need a win per se, but they really do need to assert themselves as alpha bears in this one and kind of get back to the kind of hockey that we're used to seeing from this team, not, you know, resorting to uh, goonery per se, but um, just aggressive forechecking, finishing checks, playing strong both ends of the ice and generating some opportunities five on five. Um, that's really what I want to see. And, and hopefully Kuhlman can inject some energy that this team desperately needs. Time now for uh, some Mailbag opening, I, I put out a call for some mailbag questions and received uh, a few that I'd like to take a look at now. Uh, a couple came in from uh, Waz, who I had some good chats with yesterday. Forgive me, Waz, I'm not sure of your first name. The C, I'm going to guess it's Chris, but correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he asks, first of all, with the recent developments, uh, i.e. the Bruins with Tuka Rask, Cassian with the Oilers, lack of response from the league, is there still a need for fighting in hockey? Why or why not? Uh, I have long contended that uh, there's some aspects of physical play and fighting that I think are, are, I wouldn't say good for hockey, but that do have a place in hockey. The stage fights, uh, just two goons dropping the gloves for no reason, uh, that Thankfully, it seems to have gone uh, the way of the dodo, and uh, we don't really see that as much anymore. Uh, even hits, uh, clean checks in open ice or along the boards that players used to take exception to and would drop the gloves, that seems to be going away as well. Like good clean hits used to, in the not too uh, 
recent past would spark a fight just because of a clean hit. Uh, that doesn't seem to be happening anymore. You know what? I kind of agree. Uh, not that I agree, but I don't fault Zach Cassian for getting mad the other night. He took a couple pretty big blindside hits and um, Matthew Kachuk wasn't willing to uh, back those up with a fight. He doesn't have to, I wouldn't say. Some would say, you know, the code, you hit a player like that, you should be willing to drop the gloves. I can see why Cassian was upset. I can see why he took matters into his own hands. And I can see why he is still angry based on the fact that Kachuk did not receive any supplemental discipline for uh, the hits that he delivered. Uh, The first one, most notably, was uh, seemed pretty egregious targeting, not targeting the head, but definitely head contact. And uh, Cassian was not expecting it nor ready to absorb it. So um, fighting in that situation, um, you know, I don't love the fact that a potential brain injury or head hit results in punching another person's face and therefore risking further brain injury. But I'd be lying if I said uh, I don't get a rise out of watching that or seeing guys react that way. Would I have um, cheered the Bruins on if they had sparked some fisticuffs with the Blue Jackets the other night after Rask was hit? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think that situation was affected by the fact Rask's teammates didn't really know what had happened at the time. Uh, again, they went back later, tried to start something with Bemstrom. He was unwilling. I don't condone Bruins um, skating around looking for guys to pummel or start fights with. Um, I know Joe McDonald from The Athletic, as I tweeted about yesterday, and it kind of sparked a lot of responses uh, on Twitter uh, where uh, he said, it's a start that Carlo was trying to invite Bemstrom to drop the gloves, but when the Columbus winger wouldn't accept, that shouldn't be the end of it. In that case, go after someone else. I'm not really on that train. Um, As I said yesterday on Twitter, I don't see the value in jumping random opponents, losing another important Bruin due to suspension as a result. That's likely what would have happened. As we saw with Cassian, if you initiate a fight like that with an unwilling participant, then you're going to get suspended. Um, I agree that the Bruins' overall response to Tuka being knocked out of the game was lacking, but randomly pummeling guys isn't the answer. Uh, I said I'm frustrated and disappointed about Rask as anyone but I'm not down with losing a key player for any of the three big games that the Bruins have left before the all-star break uh, due to suspension. Um, so that's kind of my uh, take on that situation. All that to say, uh, you know, f- technically fighting is not allowed in hockey. Obviously you get a five minute major. It's a, it's a penalty. It's not permitted. You can't just get away with it. Um, it's becoming less and less of a thing, which I like. Um, but I um, would like to think that there's still room for it in the heat of the moment. Um, again, it's it's a very sensitive topic when you're talking about direct blows to someone else's head and brain injuries, things like that. Um, I am generally against fighting, um, but in certain situations I can see where players uh, resort to that um, like we saw with Zach Cassian the other night and Matthew Kachuk. Um, So I hope that answers the question. 
somewhat. Uh, Waz also asked, with Dugaras shield for an indeterminate amount of time, who's your personal best bet as a call-up goalie? Well, we already know the answer to that, and I probably would have made that call as well. Uh, Dan Vladder was recalled from the Providence Bruins. Uh, he is obviously uh, been down there for a few years now after being drafted third uh, in the third round of the 2015 entry draft, 75th overall. He has a 935 save percentage through 12 games so far this season, so pretty good numbers for the 22-year-old. I don't know if he's necessarily the goalie of the future for the Bruins. I, I look uh, down and see uh, Kyle Kieser as that guy. But, um, yeah, it's a good call for now. I don't expect that he'll get a start over these next three games, two against Pittsburgh, one against Vegas. Uh, he could get some action if Halak is pulled or is dinged up um, or if Cassidy feels that he's able to carry the team to a win. Uh, but for the time being, yeah, he's uh, going to sit as the backup and get some experience uh, watching uh, Halak do his thing. Friend of the podcast, William Nickerson at SquillBill95, he asks, why aren't the Bruins messing with the lines a little more to try to get things going? I really think there's some good talent in the AHL right now that could help boost the team. Well, the Bruins have heard you, uh, William, and Carson Kuhlman has been recalled, Brett Ritchie being sent down. Uh, Kuhlman uh, has been injured for quite some time. He started the season on uh, the NHL roster. He's been gone since um, when it, when was he injured? Let me just double check here. October 19th was his last game. He appeared in uh, about eight or nine games earlier this season, did not record a point uh, and only had 13 shots on goal. So would have liked to have seen a bit more production from him. Um, again, he's speedy, he's skilled, and hopefully he can uh, spark some um, offense for the Bruins. Again, it's yet to be determined if he'll be playing with Krejci and DeBrusque or Coyle and DeBrusque with Krejci, a game-time decision. Um, actually, sorry, Bjork will be on that spot. He'll either be playing with uh, Coyle and Heinen or Lindholm and Heinen based on... Um, morning skate. Uh, I personally would like to see Zach Senishin come back up, get a, another look. Uh, if Kuhlman doesn't work out, uh, he, he played well prior to being injured as well. And um, yeah, there are some internal options for the Bruins, but ultimately I think uh, the lines and uh, the roster will be determined prior to the uh, trade deadline. And then we'll have a better idea of what uh, the combinations will look like. Uh, heading down the stretch and into the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, thanks for the questions, you guys. And we'll open up the mailbag again next week. And uh, feel free to uh, reach out on Twitter. Anytime you have a question, I'm always happy to uh, chat with uh, reasonable people on Twitter. Now, what else is going around the hockey world? There was some shocking news out of Vegas yesterday as the Golden Knights decided that it was time to part ways with head coach Gerard Gallant. Um, very surprising considering uh, how uh, good this team is. Uh, the underlying numbers suggest they're kind of uh, 
uh, due for a, an uptick. They have very good possession numbers. Um, they've been hurt by some less than stellar goaltending. Uh, so really interesting timing for the uh, Golden Knights and uh, a decision that I think they might uh, come to regret. Uh, Pete DeBoer has been brought in, uh, the former coach of the San Jose Sharks, uh, which is also uh, pretty weird considering the uh, beef that was uh, very obvious between the uh, Golden Knights and the Sharks last season. There's a lot of um, harsh words leveled between both teams. I believe Gallant called DeBoer a clown at one point. Um, so yeah, really, really weird move for the Golden Knights. Uh, Gallant was supposed to coach the Pacific team at the uh, All-Star game. Uh, he won the Jack Adams 2018 led the team to a Stanley Cup final berth in its expansion year inaugural season. And, um, you know, they were a strong team last year as well. Uh, lost to the Sharks in the first round after being unable to kill off a five minute power play, which the Sharks scored a few goals to steal that game. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the Golden Knights. Uh, where they go from here, they are seen as one of the stronger teams in the Western Conference. And, uh, you know, DeBoer hasn't really achieved the same success as Gallant at the NHL level. Um, and there's some talk that Gallant might be on deck to be the next head coach of Detroit, Detroit Red Wings, a team that he played for with general manager Steve Eiserman at one point. Um, and I'm sure there'd be a bit of a longer leash uh, for that rebuilding team. Um, what else is going on? A really good, uh, thing was shared by the Vancouver Canucks yesterday with winger Tyler Mott revealing that he was diagnosed with anxiety and depression. It's not necessarily about telling my story. He said on Twitter, it's about helping that one person or those handful of people that need to know they're not alone in it. Uh, so really cool of him for opening up about that. I highly recommend you check that out and, um, we get ready for Bell Let's Talk Day up here in Canada in a couple weeks. Um, and it's always good to be reminded that we're not alone in these things and that um, there are other people out there who, um, yeah, suffer from similar things or um, are there to, to listen as well. Rumors of the day. Yeah, I mentioned um, Gallant and the Red Wings being a possible thing that could happen. Uh, Sabres general manager Jason Botterill said he wants to make a trade that will add to his roster. They're not giving up on trying to make a playoff push. He said, we're open to trying to find something that can certainly add to our group, but it hasn't materialized. We'll continue to look at it. There's no use saying that we're close on a trade to this or that. Uh, they're without uh, Victor Olafson and Jeff Skinner at the moment, so that's really hurting. Um and it's just not been a great season for the Sabres. Another disappointing year as they don't uh, seem on track to make the playoffs. Uh, Elliot Freeman's 31 thoughts. He mentioned the Devils as obvious sellers with uh, Andy Green, Wayne Simmons, uh, and Sammy Vatnin uh, probably being uh, tossed out there as um, guys unlikely to have a long-term 
uh, role with the team. Uh, he also said that Anaheim Ducks are willing to use their cap space to help cap-strapped uh, teams, providing they're willing to part with young assets. That's something that the Bruins might want to look at with uh, very limited cap space heading into the trade deadline if they can flip some prospects uh, and a bad contract or even uh, a sizable contract, then, um, you know, that would be, that would be uh, beneficial to the Bruins for sure. So that's the scuttlebutt around the NHL water cooler this morning. Uh, I just saw uh, Connor Ryan, uh, who's been a guest on the podcast previously and uh, just retweet this now. So you'll be able to see it. Uh, he posted a full quote from Bruce Cassidy, who was asked about uh, the criticism from the Bruins lack of response and whether or not that had merit. Uh, he said, I do believe this team plays together, sticks together, has been accountable for years. We're not the same makeup as we were in the 70s or even 2011 for that matter. He said they've tried to change the roster, Sweeney and Cassidy both, uh, you know, drafting guys like Bjork, Heinen, DeBrusque, uh, Pasternak. They still have guys like Chera, uh, Kevin Miller, if and when he's ever healthy again, Chris Wagner. Backus had some of that in him. Uh, he's been concussed a little bit, and you're talking about a person that, um, for his personal health, shouldn't really mix it up that much. Uh, but Cassidy added, if it's out there, people have a right to say it. This is the criticism, again, that the Bruins uh, didn't respond tough enough the other night. I believe in this room, if anything happens, the guys will be together. The incident the other night, I can be perfectly honest, nobody knew what the hell happened in the first Maybe Brandon Carlo because he was near the player. And then when we addressed it between periods, like I said, a couple of drives, guys tried to go engage Bemstrom. Um, if we want to go back and talk about how other teams are built, we can have that conversation. Cassidy added, there's teams that are less physical, teams that are more. We're trying to be the best of both worlds with our roster, and we'll see where it leads us. He mentioned Trent Frederick. That has some of that bite. Is he ready to come up and do some of that up here? Um, it's something discussion for another day. So again, uh, the Bruins response may not have been what we all wanted to see. Um, that added context we've covered before. I think uh, Fluto's comments in his article for the athletic were right as well. There could have been more mixing it up in front of Merzlikens at the very least. Uh, but uh, you know, things are the way they are for now. And, um, the Bruins will head into tonight's game against the Pittsburgh Penguins with some, uh, speed and skill added to the lineup in lieu of Brett Ritchie. That's it for today's podcast. Thanks so much for taking some time. If you have any feedback or questions or comments about the podcast, you can tweet at L O underscore Boston Bruins. You can also email the show at locked on bostonbruins at gmail.com find me at enc mclaren and access the podcast on any uh podcast app whether it be apple google spotify stitcher um pocket cast is what i use if you are an apple user uh, a rating and a review uh, would be very much appreciated uh, take a moment to do that today if you're able thanks so much for listening to today's episode we'll be back tomorrow uh, to recap the Pittsburgh game, maybe take a look at the rematch on Sunday. And uh, yeah, wish you well for the rest of your Thursday, 
I actually won't be able to watch much of the Bruins game tonight as I'm heading to Hamilton, Ontario to watch the CHL Top Prospects game, uh, which should be uh, very entertaining indeed. It used to be, uh, as we all know, Don Cherry coaching against Bobby Orr. Uh, That has kind of gone by the wayside with Don Cherry's situation recently, Uh, but um, it'll still be fun to watch nonetheless with the likes of Alex Lafreniere, Quentin Byfield, and others um, trying to show off in front of scouts and uh, some GMs I'm sure will be there as well. So that'll be fun. I'm sure I'll talk about that tomorrow as well. So yeah, that's it for today, folks. Uh, Have a good rest of the day, and uh, we will talk to you later. Take care.